Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. RJ Barrett, come back to us, please. He's not worried about it or concerned. It's one thing to maintain confidence. You can't say you're not worried about it when you suck at shooting the basketball. And his response is, yeah, I made some free throws. Well, hell, I'd hope so. You are in the NBA, right? I mean, my goodness. I said this before. I'll say it again. R.J. Barrett does not belong in the NBA. I am sorry. He is the worst. He does not shoot well enough to belong in the league. I'll find somebody off the street that'll play better defense than R.J. Barrett and probably have a better shot. Well, I made some free throws. I'd hope so, RJ. You should be getting to the line more often. And when you say you made some free throws, you weren't kidding. Six? I mean, what are we supposed to? Well, you're taking bows for knocking down six of seven free throws? Dude, get to the line 20 times if you want to be productive. That's what you should be doing. All you can do is attack the rim. Lefty, righty, I really don't give a crap. Just attack the rim. You should not shoot a jumper. I would trust Dennis Rodman's jumper more than I would R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett is the worst shooting guard slash small forward I have ever seen. Ever. Find me a worse shooter. He cannot. He's horrible. He has no confidence shooting the basketball. It's been like that since day one. I've been on him since day one, and then I wanted to like him because he had some, you know, he seemed like a guy who wanted to be here, and he had a good attitude and a great work ethic. That good attitude starting to slide a little bit. He's starting to feel the frustration. And guess what? He should be because we're all frustrated with it. Ask Cleveland if you could go back and redo that 2019 draft, and instead of taking R.J. Barrett, take Darius Garland. Oh, no, I'm not worried about it. I'm good to go. I knocked I knocked down some free throws. Yeah. Wow. You actually did a fraction of your job. Hit a free throw. Guy hit six free throws. He's taking bows in a game they lost by 30. I mean, my goodness. I know they lost by, what, 17 or whatever it was, but they were down by 30 at, at points. It felt like they lost by 30, and they were down by 30 at at least one point there. RJ, come on, bro. You got to be better than that. And you got to be more accountable. You've been a major problem. Gary is calling from Mayapag. What's up, Gary? Oh, you know what's up, baby? A beautiful way to start a series. One down, 15 more to go. 
I told you this. I was confident, which I usually am not. I'm doom and gloom. But I don't think the Devils are ready for this kind of, uh, you know, moment. And the Ranger roster is just, it's an all-star team when you look at it. In the top mm-hmm. six, somebody's going to get you Panarin or Kreider or Kane or, you know. It's Tarasenko. Yeah, we talked about it last week when you called, Gary, when you lifted your ban. And called me, and we did talk about it, and I was surprised that you were confident. I was confident, and also in the same way with the Devils, where they're just they're not ready for this. Nobody wants this Rangers smoke. They are ready. They are locked. They are loaded, and it showed in Game One. It's a perfect storm, and that's what I felt between the Devils not being ready for prime time and the Rangers. Every player is prime time, not just Kane. They. I, I said five. I'm sticking to five. I'm confident. Um, they will block in shots tonight. Like, I thought Tortorella was behind the bench. <laughs> 26 block shots or something. And they never sell out like that. And Lindgren, Lindgren could have had two goals. He, he, he hit the post on a crossbar on one. You know what? If we, if we play a strong, solid game and beat them and it's two zip, then I think five. I would hate to lose one at the Garden. Five. If, no, if the look, if the Devils don't get game two, they're not getting a game. You think they'll get swept then? I do. Sweeps happen. Uh, I mean, if the Devils don't get I'm not saying the Rangers are going to sweep. I think the Devils will probably get game two some way, somehow. They have to. If they don't get game two, Devils are in big, big trouble. I think they're getting swept. You think, well, you think, think about this scenario. And now anything could happen. That's why it's fun to talk about. But you think if the scenario that you just painted, Gary, the de- the Rangers go into New Jersey and win two games at the Rock, you think they're going to lose a game at the Garden to the Devils after that? No way. I would hate, you know, to think that way. But from past experience in 94, we were winning on the road. We lost to Vancouver at home. We lost to the Devils two games at home in 94. And we wound up beating them twice uh no, I know, but it's different. This is different. It's not just the home ice thing. It's this team at this time, and thank you for the call, Gary. This team at this time versus that team, the Devils, at this time, where that's a young, inexperienced team in the postseason. Rangers now all for their run last year, being as loaded as they are, the dominant goalie, they now have home ice. If the Rangers beat them two straight in New Jersey – that's how sweeps happen. They're going to come home and put the brooms to them. I really believe that. If they win game two. You know, you talk about Lindgren uh, almost had a second goal. Panarin had an opportunity for a goal, and then he passed it back to Lindgren, which is a ridiculous pass. Panarin, it was he's got to shoot the puck. I want Panarin to shoot the puck. I want R.J. Barrett to stop shooting the basketball. You know what I'm saying, Matt, in Maryland? Yes. It was tough watching the Knicks game play and the physical play that Cleveland had where they were just beating them up and and it looked and what it seemed like doubling Brunson every time he tried to penetrate and they leaving R J open and R J is running to the three point line and and shooting these these hot-looking threes to watch, you know? Well, how would you guard the Knicks? I mean, wouldn't you do the same thing? Why would you yeah, ever? And, right. I'd leave I'd leave R.J. Barrett open all night long. And he he got he got a – I know it's, it's tough to watch, and he's still a young player. I know you're, like, done with him. 
but he's because, still a young player. Yeah, but that's fine because we've been saying the same thing for years. Oh, he's still young. He's and, still young. He's still. And he he sucks home. shooting the ball. That's the problem, Matt. He can't shoot. His form sucks. His confidence sucks. I've never seen a worse and, shooter in my life at a small and, forward or guard position. And what's it's becoming obvious because when you watch, there was a few fast breaks where um, Brunson was had the ball at the center. RJ was on the right. Now, I don't understand why these guys, if you're not shooting good, why do you run to the three-point line, go down the lane and get a layup? Right. And, and so I was like, oh. And then Brunson, he had an open three. He said, nah, I'm taking this in. So that's, now Brunson's taking more difficult shots because and the defense is collapsing on him because they know he's not going to shoot. He ain't got no, he ain't got no confidence in RJ. So that makes it even – that's why his numbers were so bad. That's why he shot so bad. They they need to – Tibbs needs to limit RJ. I, you need to bench RJ Barrett. I mean, I'm not saying you got to keep him on the bench the entire game, but he I is, mean, he's given nothing. You, I mean, listen, here's, and here's a problem with, with the coach. Um, who is he going to use? Because he, he's – he keeps this short rotation. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I don't necessarily want to see D Rose yeah, yeah, or, I mean, or Fournier in there. He didn't play Derrick Rose all year. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, so well, who's next? McBride? I mean, he's not. Yeah, I mean, nah, ma- ma- yeah, I, I don't, I don't like Fournier either. But at least he could shoot. I mean, the one issue so far through two games for the Knicks is they have not had good three point yeah. shooting. And R.J. Yeah, Barrett, you bring, he gives you nothing. You can't. And Fournier's defense is so awful. Yeah, he's terrible too. I know he's horrible. <laughs> it's like you, no, it's he's like, horrible. But at least he could shoot, right? Yes, he can. But it's it, it's going to come. It, it comes out of rich. Like you have to have really good defenders with Fournier, so, just so that way he's not exposed. And then I think and Cleveland could possibly expose him, but they may have to play him because if RJ shooting is bad, it's like, oh, my God, it's painful. Because Fournier could like, he can like, he can like, he can, he's, listen, he's good for 20-something points out of nowhere. Well, he's more of a threat to shoot the basketball, and I think that's what we're looking yeah. for at this point, Matt, and thank you for the call. Fun talking some Knicks with you. I'm not saying I want to see Fournier. I don't, but if you're asking, okay, you're going to bench uh, Barrett, what's the answer? That's really it. More minutes for Fournier. You could have Grimes play more minutes. Last night, RJ played 33 minutes. Grimes played 22. You had Obi with 15. Quickly with 23. Really need Quickly. How about Quickly taking some of those minutes? Quickly and Grimes playing in the 30s. And RJ playing 10 minutes. And if you need to get Fournier in there, I'm fine with that for a few minutes. But the reality is, they cannot have R.J. Barrett's killing them. You saw it in game one. They finally got his rear end off the floor, and that's what made them win that game down the stretch. And you watched it last night early on in that game. Because once it got to, you know, 17, 20 points, 30 points, whatever, didn't really matter. Game was over. But prior to the game being over, when the game was still a game back and forth, R.J. Barrett was a big problem. The guy can't shoot. Brock is calling from Huntington. What's up, Brock? What's up there, Sal? 
Um, just wanted to, you know, echo this. I mean, Andre Barrett is disappointing. It's a shame, man, because I look at him and he's got this big body. It's it's a great looking like physique for the for first position, and he's just he can't even finish close to the rim. It's really disappointing. I mean, it, it's it's he he's got the move to get to the rim. He can't shoot. He can't really get the. the they can't finish. But I don't really think that was the difference tonight. I mean, they got their butt kicked, man. I mean, that was a disappointing loss. It just looked like they couldn't compete on the level that Cleveland was ready to compete at tonight. And I was really looking forward to this game. And it was kind of a real letdown game. That sucks. I mean, we're looking forward to the game all day, really, since Saturday night. You're fired up about the Knicks. And you wanted a game. I mean, you kind of expected Cleveland was good. You had to think Cleveland was going to win the game and give you at least everything that they got. That would have been great had the Knicks won. But we didn't even get a game out of it. It was a blowout. The game was over in the second quarter. It was non-competitive. That's what's disappointing. And you're right. This is not all on R.J. Barrett, obviously. But it is the second straight game where Barrett did nothing, did more to hurt the Knicks than to help him. And he has become a major part of the problem. Totally agree, man. And I mean, just uh, when you're talking about quickly, too, man, he comes in there, it's like he's not chilling out. He, he can't relax. He's playing like panic attack basketball, running around like can't get into the flow of the game. He, he's just making mistakes. And it was just interesting, man. Game three is going to be interesting, Sal. You know, I mean, it's going to be an interesting game to see how they react after that. Yeah, I don't was... know. I don't know what's up with with um, with quickly, Brock. I mean, that is quickly has been terrible in these two games. We talk about, you know, whether it's Volpe or Beatty or whatever, these prospects coming up for the Mets and Yankees. Certain guys look like they belong. Certain guys looked overmatched. Emmanuel quickly looks like he's overmatched in the postseason. I don't get it. He's got to calm down and treat it like the regular season. I know it's not the regular season, but the players can't think of it the way that the reality is. Like, go out there and just play your game. Obviously, there's more intensity, but you still got to do what what made you successful in the regular season. Quickly looks awful so far in two postseason games. No doubt. I think he's just he's such a high energy guy, and it's almost like what his what the thing is that that's his benefit is his weakness right now because he can't really. Calm down. Yeah. yeah, he can't calm down. He's just he's just not being able to to relax. And I understand it because I mean it's, he's pumped. It's the playoffs, but you know, like you said, if he can't relax, you got to get someone else in there. I don't want to see Fournier, man. Oh god. Yeah, Fournier. I know, I know. He's terrible. I know. <laughs> I get it. I get it, Brock. But I don't want to see RJ anymore. I can't. I can't do it. And thank you for the call. And you're right. It is going to be. I'm very curious to see what Game Three brings. Because now we saw the Knicks play, or at least they didn't play a great game in game one, but they played well enough to win and steal one on the road. And there were some great signs in that game, even though they didn't play well. And then we just saw a disastrous game two, really from all involved. Disastrous. And now you get to see how this team is going to handle adversity. Now you get to see... How R.J. Barrett, how Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, how these guys are going to perform in front of a raucous crowd. They're going to have the support of all the Knicks fans there. Going to be cheering on their team. This is the hottest ticket in town. This is hotter right now than the Rangers. The Knicks are it right now. Fans have been, Knicks fans have been starved. Starved. They're ready to go. And that place should be electric come Friday night for Game 3. Will the Knicks be up for the task? This is different than a couple years ago when they took on the Hawks. It's different.
They should be better now. And it's a series that's at 1-1. You know, it's also not a series where, you know, you feel like the Knicks have no chance. As a matter of fact, many people think the Knicks have a very good chance of winning this series. And beyond that, go even further. So I'm I'm excited. I mean, that's what these playoff series are about. You don't want to get too high. You don't want to get too low after each game. I'm not going to go nuts and say the Knicks are going to win the championship after game one. We'll let others do that. And I'm not going to go nuts and say the Knicks are going to get bounced now in the first round because they got embarrassed in game two. I think they'll fight back. I think they'll respond. I think they're good. But Cleveland is good too. Let's just hope that the Knicks could, you know, their job now, they did their job on the road. They had to go get one of two. They did that. Their job now to protect home court. 877-337-6666. More of your calls on the other side. Whatever it is you want to discuss, Rangers big win. Knicks frustrating loss as they get embarrassed on the road in game two in Cleveland. Yankees lose again. As the Yankees, you know, it's just uh, they they won a couple against Minnesota to salvage that series, but the Yankees have not looked good over the last five games or so, uh, even though they haven't lost a series yet. And their offense, you know, the Yankees are banged up, not looking very good. Uh, the Mets get blanked on the road as they lose to the Dodgers. Rubber game later on today, Max Scherzer versus Noah Syndergaard. Stay tuned for that. And Knicks lose, Rangers win, Mets, Yankees both lose, Islanders back in action tonight. A lot going on here. Let them have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six is the number to call. I saw Draymond Green got suspended for a game, dude. That is, I got to be honest with you. I'm on Green side on this. Not that I would ever condone stomping on somebody's chest. I don't think he did it. I mean, that was an acting job by Sabonis, and I'm rooting for the Kings. I bet the Kings in this series. By the way, if I must say so myself, I've been cleaning up. With the Knicks, with the Kings, with the Rangers, it has been a nice few days for me on that front. Anyway, I bet the Kings, so I'm rooting for the Kings to win that series. I like Sabonis as a player. He was, it was a total acting job. You you could see it, it was a wrestling move from Draymond Green. It was like the fake stomp on the chest of Sabonis. Oh, he's got a contusion in his bull crap. He may have... And now, look, you want to say spend him a game? All right. I mean, I guess, but I, this this idea that Draymond is some kind of villain here for this move, he's done a billion things worse than this. This didn't even look that bad. Sabonis grabbed his leg. And Draymond's trying to push off a little bit. I think he wanted to stomp on him, but he didn't. I don't know. I think he's getting a bad rap. Anyway, uh, the NBA has been you know off to a nice start here with this postseason. You got Phoenix getting on the board. Uh, with a potential, uh, you know, look, they, they, with KD and uh, Chris Paul, this is a spot where, you know, you should see this team go compete for uh, a championship. 
and they finally uh, ended the KD drought uh, last night. Uh, and Chris Paul again with the with that referee, I forget his name, but the one referee who was refereeing all these games that Paul has lost. Anyway, the Suns beat the Clippers one twenty three to one hundred nine. Celtics again take care of the Hawks. I mean, no surprise there. It's going to be the Celtics. Likely it'll be the Bucks if Giannis can, even if Giannis doesn't play in Game Two. You'd assume he's going to come back in the series. Hard to imagine the Heat beating Milwaukee in a first-round series. But anyway, the NBA playoffs have been off to a fun start. That Kings arena, that is that atmosphere is unmatched, man. That is like un, that is unlike anything else I have seen in a very long time. And I learned about that. The reason why I bet the Kings in this series was because of that. And the way I learned about that was when the Knicks went into there. I had no idea they were that good. Or that place was that insane in Sacramento. Pat is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Pat? Hey, Sal. Good to talk to you. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier about daytime being, uh, the day being Wednesday. Well, the day, the day begins for me when the sun comes up, but that's just me. I understand the way the clock works and all that. Right. Well, I mean, that's a fair way to look at it. But for technicality purposes, you know, the Mets play a game today. Today is Wednesday, so I can't really say tomorrow. I want to be technical. That's true. Fair enough. And hopefully we'll get the uh, rubber game. I like the pitching matchup. Uh, I did want to say about basketball, isn't it ironic that you were beaten tonight by Levert and Allen, who came in the trade for Harden, who made the Nets irrelevant with second-degree stars, and the Knicks have second-level stars, and uh, nobody can get past the top teams in the league, don't you think? Well, what do you mean, nobody? Well, I mean, the Knicks can't get past any of those top three teams in the East. Correct. The Nets can't. I mean, you know. Correct. Yeah, neither of those teams have a chance. I mean, the Nets are going to they're lucky if they get a game from the Sixers, and the Knicks are lucky if they win. Not lucky, but, I mean, they're... I don't want to put a cap on their season, but if the Knicks win the first round, I think anything else is a bonus. You'd have to get extremely lucky to be able to beat the Bucs. I think you'll learn in a hurry how bad of a statement it was to think that the Knicks could beat Milwaukee once you actually see the two teams go head-to-head. Well, I mean, I mean, look at LeVert and, 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 and Jared Allen are very good players. Cleveland shows promise for the following years to come. Maybe there's some growth. John Morant uh, is a great player, showing promise in the future. What promise do the Knicks or the Nets have for the future? Well, I think the Nets have a couple of players that you could hope to build on. We talked about this yesterday, where even though they're losing to the Sixers, I mean, you still got Cam Johnson. You obviously have Mikel Bridges. Those two guys have been studs for the Nets, in particular Bridges. He is out of this world good. So at least they have young superstars they can build around with Bridges. And like I said, um, you know, you look at what uh, they're able to do with Cam Johnson as well. You know, they have some core there. With the Knicks, same thing. They have some players. They're good there. The Knicks are one star away. One more player one more star away, whether that's developing another star, drafting one, trading one, they need a star to replace R.J. Barrett because R.J. Barrett was supposed to be that all-star, and he's not. You take a guy third overall like that, he's supposed to be an all-star. He's not, and he never will be. Uh, I don't even think he's a good NBA player, period. He can't, guy, guy can't shoot. I'm fond of Claxton and Dinwiddie on the Nets. I like Bridges and Cam Johnson, but they're second tier, I think we have to admit. But I did want to talk about the Mets because I did stay up for the game. That's why I'm calling you now. I'm going to try to get some Z's a little later after I listen to more of your show. But um, 
we ran into Kershaw at the top of his game. I mean, the, the Mets announcers, and, and, you know, I'm getting used to them. They kind of sound like each other, but they, they're making a celebration over over Mark Tanner having a 12-pitch at bat and getting a single. It was the second hit of the game, and nothing happened from it. I mean, I know you're trying to keep people interested, but I mean, I didn't listen to half of that 17-walk game, and that was torture. That's how big a Mets fan I am. That what now? You're saying the the, the walks are just a bad the baseball? The 17 walk came against Oakland when yeah. we walked 17 Yeah, times. Friday night. I yeah. listened to the first half of that game, and I'm like, it's torture. It was the worst game it was, ever. It was a terrible. It was, was a terrible. You know, it was a terrible game. I know the Mets scored 17 runs. No, last night was the best game, or two nights ago now, Monday night, right. was, the be- was the best game of the year. I mean, that was, and thank you for the call, Pat, that was the best game of the year for the Mets. There was It was good back and forth, and obviously the Mets came out on top. They showed some resiliency even after getting down early in the game. The 17-run, 17-walk performance was, I mean, that was a brutal display of Major League Baseball. And it's not the Mets' fault. It's the A's' fault. Just not a good game. Game went on forever. You can't have a game where you have that many walks. It's embarrassing for the sport. You're worried about the pitch clock. How about you get some guys that could throw some strikes, for goodness sake? Disband the A's. Break up the Contract. Forget about moving Oakland. Contract them. If they're going to treat baseball like that, contract them. I respect the history. I love the uniforms, all that stuff. Contract them. You can't field a Major League Baseball team like that. Dreadful game. But the last two were, I mean, you know, obviously last night was not a good one for the Mets getting blanked by Clayton Kershaw, but at least you got to see some good pitching from Kershaw. And the night before was the best game of the year for the Mets. Barry is calling from Brick, New Jersey. What's up, Barry? Hey, how you doing, Sal? Good to talk to you. You too, Barry. What's on your mind? I just want to touch base on uh, on the Yankees and uh, on the uh, uh, the state of play of baseball in general mm-hmm. uh, currently. Um, you know, f- first of all, with with the Yankees, it's kind of interesting. There, they remind me of the same team that got swept by the Astros last year. You know, like no timely hitting, barely any hitting, actually. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, the pitching is okay, pretty good, you know, but not enough to get them, you know, the past the series, you know, past the Astros were passing the league team. For some reason, this whole start of the year, it's been exactly like that, you know, like just they haven't gotten their, you know, their groove or, or what have you. I mean, like every day I'm looking at the lineup, like DJ LeMay was hitting sixth and he's hitting first and he's hitting ninth. Like, like, come on, where's the consistency? Where's the, the normalcy that, that shouldn't happen to a good team. Right, yeah. but they're extremely banged up right now. I'm not trying to make excuses for them, but the Yankee yeah, but- lineup that we saw last night was nothing near what we expected to be okay. come October. Yeah, but you know what? Brian Cashman should have realized that because John Carlson, come on, he, he he's injured more than he played the field. Yeah, he's always hurt. No, I get it. He's he, always yeah, hurt. Yeah, he, he, he's always hurt. So Brian Cashman and, you know, the G, you know wh- whoever the hell runs the analytics department there, you know, those those uh you know college scholarship kids uh from from Yale um but um you know it's it's, it's just insane that they don't have a good product on the field they have the same you know they've made the same mistakes where they're always lacking a a good situational hitter you know uh, like Glaber Torres like again he he he's been such a disappointment then he got off to a hot start this year i thought maybe he turned it around you know um but yeah he's back to same old Glaber Torres you know just like Slow gliding along, but not really doing much. 
Yeah, Glaber, right. After the hot start, Glaber has calmed down a little bit. And without that, Barry, they're in trouble, especially now without John Carl Stanton. No Donaldson. Yeah. I don't like Donaldson to begin with, but yeah. they, but they need but their their lineup was built to have his bat in there. And Aaron Boone said JD is going to have a big year. Like the, he could be a difference maker for that team if he had a year anything were close to what he was supposed to have when exactly. the Yankees got him. Yeah, yeah, but that hasn't happened in the last few years, right? Like DJ LeMay, whose uh, average has not been you know DJ LeMayu-esque, so to speak. Right. Uh, you know, in, in, the, in the last three seasons, so it's just like Brian Cashman. He's he's focusing on the same exact. Um, you know, I'm sorry, he's missing the same holes that he's missed the last few years. There's no depth in the lineup. You know, you have John Carlson who's, who's injured every year. Like, he should have a backup plan to John Carlson, except, you know, more than Aaron Hicks or, you know what I mean? Um, There's just no depth. Right. It's just, Look at their... like they're, pushing, they're pushing the same product year after year and expecting different results. No, they're pretty much they have the same faults as they've had the last five years. Well, and they that's did, what's stopping them. See, I disagree with that to a certain extent. They did try to change it a little bit last year, bringing in Donaldson and IKF, getting rid of Gary Sanchez, getting rid of Luke Voigt. That was the first time they tried to change uh, the look of it a little bit. And then this year, the, the difference was Harrison Bader, where they trade for him. Obviously, he's hurt. They bring up Volpe. Now they bring up Peraza. You know, that's a little bit of a change as well, trying to bring up different type players. Problem is, it's been the same result. You're right. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, you it know, looks the same. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I, I can't see Higashioka in the lineup that often. You know, like, it just has, like, five through nine. I'm like, who? Frenchy, you know, French Fry Ramirez? Yeah, I don't Fr- know what his name is. Frenchy Cordero, who's actually been a revelation for him. At yeah, he's at, been good in the first few games, yeah. but he's he's sunk back to, you know. Yeah, he's, he's Frenchy Cordero. To the, to these, yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, so they're they're expecting these stopgap measures. To, well, remember to, to last year, last year outside of Aaron Judge, do you remember who was their best offensive player in the first half of the year? Glaber uh, Torres. No, no, Glaber was okay last year, was, but in the beginning he was good. Then he, then he fizzled out. Right, you know, Matt half. Matt Carpenter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah a guy he, who wasn't he, even he came out of nowhere. He, Correct. He was he was like a random piece of scotch tape that you know he tried to you know that, that we'll see. Hey, let's stop the sinking ship. And this you know, luckily for him, it was able to work. But you know, well, until he got that. until he got hurt, and then when he went exactly. down, and when he went down, the Yankees started the Yankees to struggle. Went down. Yeah, but the, the point went down. Yeah, and they should have never been relying on Matt Carpenter. Yeah, exactly. Thirty-seven years old, he comes back with a mustache from the nineteen twenties. Yeah, I'm like, you know, how is this supposed to save the Yankees? And, you know, you. you know, I still think Barry, and thank you for the call. Good stuff with your Yankees. I still think the Yankees will be fine. They always are. In a bad year, the Yankees won ninety-five games. Or ninety-two games again—a bad year, but they are—they are hit really hard by injury right now, and other teams are too. I know the Mets are hit hard by injury, but you look at the Yankees. Look at their lineup. Now it should never come to that. They didn't have a left fielder coming in the year, so the fact that they get hit in the outfield with Bader, we knew it was going to be a problem. The Yankees, the New York Yankees, have Isaiah Kiner-Falefa playing center field. That is bad enough on its own. But coupled with Aaron Hicks in left field, that's a major problem. IKF, Franchi Cordero, Aaron Hicks, Wolf, Calhoun. You remember Trevino last year was an all-star as well. You're going to get that type of performance from him again? I don't think so. And then you got the rookies. Volpe off to a slow start. Again, very impactful. And he's going to be fine eventually. But he's off to an incredibly slow start. 
Are you going to get the dominant year you had from Judge a year ago, which the Yankees may need again? They needed it desperately last year. Their offense, Justin, I'm telling you, John Carl Stanton is a big problem. We talked about this yesterday because when he's in the lineup, it looks totally different. Problem is he's not in the lineup nearly enough. He's always freaking hurt. And it causes them to have to look like this at times. And then even when he's in there, Stanton is still inconsistent. He'll go on two weeks where it looks like you can't get him out. He's the most dominant power hitter the sport has ever seen. And then another two weeks, it looks like he can't make contact with the ball. Maddening. Dave is calling from Comac. Good morning, Dave. How are you, Sal? Great, Dave. How are you? Just a matter of time. Before it's just warming up. Before what? Before they uh, destroy the Rangers. Who? The Devils. <laughs> Sal, you seem a little cocky there. Oh, well, hold on a second, Dave. You listen to me regularly, right? Yep. So how did I sound before the Rangers and Devils took the ice? Listen, what place did the Devils finish? Second. What place did the Rangers finish? Third. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean right now? Eh? What does that mean right now? Doesn't matter. The Devils are a much better team. No, 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 no. Hold on. You asked me what place the Rangers finished in and what place the Devils finished in. I answered. I said second for the Devils, third for the Rangers. Then I asked you a question. What difference does that make now? Makes a lot of difference. How? There's a reason why they How? headed the Rangers. Why? Who's got home ice in this series? The team with the second seed or the team with the third seed? The Devils, I believe. Oh, they do? Yeah. Oh, but they lost game one. You know okay. what that means? Listen, Sal. Home ice is now shifted. When home ice is now shifted. Five. Did you watch that game? Sal? Did you watch the game last night? I heard about it on the radio. Oh, oh, you really should have watched. You know why? Because they were chanting for your guy. Huh? They were chanting for your guy. What guy would that be? Potman sucks, Dave! Get lost! You didn't hear the whistle? Dave, here's the one thing I don't understand about Dave, and obviously we're just having fun with it. He's a, an Islander fan who hates the Rangers more than he likes the Islanders. He's not an Islander fan. That, yeah, thank that's you, because please. I didn't get to tell Alex about Dave before he was screening the calls, no, but he and always, Dave slipped through today. Well, well he's always... Uh, wait, is he a Devils fan or not? He's an Islanders he's, fan, isn't he? I don't, I don't know what he is. But if you he, don't consider he, him... He claims he's an Islanders fan. I don't think he's watched any team play hockey in the last 10 years. He just he I mean, caught. He, I know he caught one game like six years ago when the Islanders played in Calgary, and for the next four years called and said, "I don't think the Islanders can do it. Do what? Win the cup? This could be you know December 11th. Why? Because they can't beat Calgary. Just based oh on a God. game he saw one year. So what is night. it? He's just a Ranger hater. I don't understand. He calls about the same thing all the time. He, he claims to be a Ranger hater, but he also as an as a so like self claimed Islanders fan. Hates the Islanders, wants everybody fired, wants everybody traded. Oh, he's one Carl, of those. He wanted Trotz and Lou fired two years ago while they were in the conference finals. I mean, come he's on. He's in his own class of of overnight creature. How do you we'll take a break in a second and finish up with the calls on the other side? 877-337-6666. Fleeks, how do you feel about your Islanders going to the game two tonight? Uh not great. I didn't feel great about them just going into the series. It's you know, now they have to reintegrate Barcel into the lineup. They need Romanov back. They're just there's just been something you like off Barzell? about this. Yeah. Okay. I mean, listen, he's not he's not the player that we thought he was going to be. Right. Or even the player that he looked like a couple years ago. There are times where he's absolutely frustrating. But then he also gives you the moments where you say, oh, right, this is 
what this kid is supposed to be when he gets hot, when he when he shoots the puck instead of just looking for the best pass that he's always looking to make. He has the talent to be one of the best players in the league. He's just somebody that, for whatever reason, never put it all together consistently. You know, they didn't play a bad game in game one. I mean, the power play, they got to be able to score on the power and play. And they didn't play very, I mean, offensively speaking, they didn't play a very good game either. Right, right. Like, but that's the game without Ilya Sorokin. Well, they probably but, lose that game four to one, five to one. But that's why they have a chance in this series or any series because of Sorokin. I mean, we saw that with the Rangers last year with Shesterkin. With with Sorokin back there, you never know. You stop with the penalties. They got to stay out of the box against Carolina, and they got to be able to score on the power play, and not just on the power play. Like, yes, the power play was awful, and it was weird because for the first minute of the first power play, they showed you signs of life. They were attacking the net. You thought, oh, okay, they might look better on. And then after that unit, that first power play line left the ice, everybody was terrible for the rest of the game. They were horrible with the puck in five-on-five hockey, too. Like, they have to be better across the board, not just the power play, if they want to have any chance in this series. Right, but in the postseason, you get those opportunities on the power play, you have to cash them. You have to. Not all of them, but you want to win, you got to cash them. And they didn't. I'll be into that game, too, tonight. I told you I want the Islanders here. I'd much rather face the Islanders for two reasons. One, I'm sick and tired of the Canes. Two, I think it'd be a great matchup for us, for the show. It'd be great. I mean, for this town, it'd be great with the Islanders and Rangers in it. I got to get this one tonight. You don't want to go down in an 0-2 hole. 877-337-6666. We'll finish up with your calls on the other side. Whatever it is you want to discuss, Rangers get the win over the Devils. Knicks get embarrassed in Game 2. Yankees and Mets both lose. Yanks lose to the Angels. Mets lose to the Dodgers. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We're down to 50 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Starts. Yes! When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Salah got it back on the fan. We'll finish up here with your calls. Brian McKeon will take you through the overnight at 2 a.m. 877-337-6666. Mets will have the rubber game of their series with the Dodgers a little bit later on this afternoon. 3 o'clock start. Max Scherzer back on the mound after being pushed back a few days. So it'll be good to see Scherzer out there. And he'll be opposed by Noah Syndergaard. How about that? Syndergaard and Scherzer. This will be a fun one, 3 o'clock later on today. Bruce is calling from Howell. What's up, Bruce? 
Yeah, what's up, Sal? I've been checking in a few days. How you going? Uh, I'm not, ba- not bad, Bruce. How are you? What's on your mind? Yeah, um, so I, I was having some trouble with the range of What was your situation? I could not watch two games at once and be fully into both of them. So I just went with the I just went with the Knicks like at some point in the second, third quarter because I went to range at two, three, nothing lead. I was like, hey, well, I was going back and forth. I could not watch both games at once. It is hard, I will admit, and I feel like I've mastered it. But even with that, when you have games of this magnitude, you you're right. You cannot watch two games the way that you would. One game. It's just not physically possible to do so. Like you can't do it. All right. But I mean, uh, for, I see Tarasenko get on the board. We actually we need Tarasenko to, to be able to do Yeah. Tarasenko. Well, that's why he's here. I mean, to score in the postseason sure. and to be an impactful player in the postseason, like he did with St. Louis, and he was that for the Rangers, getting him on the board early. You know, in Game One. Hey, look, I mean, this was a a, a top to bottom dominant, near-perfect performance from the Rangers. As good a performance as you could have asked for to open up a postseason. Sal, you mentioned the Suns earlier. You know, if I, I think that if anyone has a chance to beat the Suns, I don't think anyone's going to beat a healthy Suns. If anyone has a chance to beat them, it's the Clippers right now before they get their chemistry. And if anyone thinks that a healthy Milwaukee could beat them, they got zero chance because KD, just two years ago, KD with a bunch of scrubs, with the exact same Milwaukee team, almost beat them was in chalk. So Milwaukee has no chance of beating a healthy Phoenix. Right, so you're saying that if Clippers don't get Phoenix, you think Phoenix is going to win the championship? Yeah, if healthy. I think the Clippers actually have a shot because just for, until Phoenix gets their chemistry together, maybe they could pull it out. Right, I see what you're saying. Clippers, hey, look, the Clippers and, and Suns might be the two most dangerous teams facing each other in the first round. I like Sacramento, but do you really look at them as a championship threat? The Grizz... I have Warriors in six. Warriors in six. Okay, well, I hope not. I mean, I got the Kings in that series. Warriors in six. How right, dare I you? Kings. I, mean, I don't know. Draymond's, Draymond's not playing game three, but, you know, yeah. four-time champions. They've been through it. They've been through it. Yeah, uh, no, I, I get it. But, they, I mean, they also did lose these first two games. So, look, that series is far from over. Do you trust right, Denver? doesn't start until team wins on the road. Uh, I know. Do you trust Denver in the first round? Or uh, and not in the first round. Do you trust Denver in the in the Western Conference? So, I don't know. I don't have them to, I don't have them to come out. But yeah. dang, they're going to they're gonna easily get past Minnesota. Right. But ultimately, no one's beating out these Suns. It comes down to shooting in the playoffs, and Phoenix just has way so, too much shooting. So who it's, are you picking? Who's your Who's your West representative, Phoenix or the Clippers? All right, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, I'm picking Phoenix. Okay, and then you're going to go Phoenix over Milwaukee? Yeah, Phoenix over Milwaukee. Yeah, interesting. What about the Knicks? Yeah, you Knicks. I have Knicks. You have what? I, I think they are. Yeah, Knicks in what? I have Nixon Nixon six. Oh no! What about the Knicks as far as going to the championship? Yeah, somebody said that earlier. No, I'm not BP. I don't have Nixon. I'm realistic. <laughs> I'm diehard Knicks fan, but no, I'm Rangers. Rangers going yeah. to the Rangers winning the cup. There Knicks, you go, Bruce. I'll be happy to get out of the first. Agreed, Bruce. And thank you for the call. Yeah, Bruce and I are sharing a brain there. I agree. You got to be realistic. Knicks will be lucky to get out of the first. No way, championship. Rangers, they are winning the Stanley Cup. Danny is calling from Seaford. What's up, Danny? Now, what's happening? Now, always a uh, good night. Good night to be a Rangers fan for sure. Great, great performance from the Rangers. I want to uh, piggyback off uh, the last call of Bruce. Uh, it's got to be very, very tough to pick between your two teams and who you're going to watch. Uh, but I got a better one. It's hard to pick between your two teams, meaning the Rangers and the Knicks. 
and who are you going to spend a fortune to go see to a game on the first round? Yep. You know, that's a tough question, Sal, but I'm happy to announce I will be there Friday night and the garden will be rocking. Nice. You're going Friday for Knicks game three. Friday game three. Sal, I didn't get to hear what happened over the weekend. I know you had your daughter's uh, birthday uh, at Sesame Place. Uh, were you able to watch the game or no? So, yeah, so I went, and thank you for the call, Danny. Appreciate you checking in. I went to Sesame Place on Sunday. We were supposed to go Saturday, but there was bad rain in the area and a Knicks 6 o'clock start playoff game. So we postponed it till Sunday. So I ended up being home all day Saturday, watched the game in peace downstairs. It was awesome, great win. And then we had a great day for my daughter's birthday the following day at Sesame Place. And then the ride home sucked, and I never want to drive on the George Washington Bridge or the Cross Bronx Expressway ever again in my life. All right, that does it for us. Be back again tomorrow night, same place, same time, following the Yankees. Thanks to Fleegs, as always, for all his help. Thanks to Rosie. Thanks to Alex Azarn, who's training. Good luck with the rest of your training. Thanks, everybody, who called and listened. We appreciate it. Brian McKeon will take you through the overnight. He's coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.